All right, so then that moves us into 2019. The Joker came out. We don't like that. And Dark Phoenix came out. And I totally forgot that that ever even existed, frankly. As you should. Um, Yeah, so it was bad. It was real bad. And look, you know what we think of the Joker. Look, I get that it's like artistic and it looks like some old school, cool art movie, art house movie. But like when someone's evil... We still there's there like I know we've just said like oh well Thanos kind of makes some sense but like the Joker doesn't make any sense and he's a murdering psychopath who just likes murdering people and I know that's not a great story but let's not make a this guy and also please stop saying shit about comedians okay that's period <laughs> that's it I think that movie is less socially irresponsible than it could have been yeah um, so there's that. But also, yeah, it's it's a weird choice to try to make the Joker sympathetic. And if you're going to try to make, you know, someone who everybody understands to be a mass murderer sympathetic, I think the worst thing in the world you could do is blame it on mental illness. Because, yeah. you like, even in cases of severe mental illness, that's not what turns people into mass murderers. Like, they're more of a threat to themselves than they are other people if you're severely schizophrenic you know obviously psychopathy is a thing but that is not what his problem was in that movie so if that's what you're trying to say his problem was you didn't portray it well just a just a thorn bush of a of a concept executed probably about as well as they could have done it but like just on a conceptual level i feel like that movie fails quite hard well i mean the only thing i'll say is i I've given it a lot of thought over the course of time. And I think that the kernel of the idea that is actually good is uh, he is a crazy fuck, but if you're going to be the Joker, you have to have some sort of charisma, you know, and you have to be such a blank slate that people can imprint on you. Yeah. Imprint on you. Yes. So that being the case, I love that aspect of the story where the people didn't have enough information about him and they were just like, he was going to blow up and kill somebody, period. But he happened to kill people that were unpopular politically at that time. So uh, so then, of course, all the have-nots start going, well, you're a revolutionary. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? There are people cheering for OJ on the side of the road because they were like, okay, you're going to beat a system we don't like. I don't give a fuck if you're guilty or not. You're going to beat a system I don't like who has yeah. been fucking shitting on me for fucking hundreds of years. So go OJ. You know what I'm saying? And so I think Joker being an OJ Simpson, being a fucking Billy the Kid, being a whatever the fuck is so interesting. That's Oscar worthy shit. And yeah. then they just did everything that you said. They piled on this mental illness. They piled on the fact that he got hit multiple times in the head, which as a youth can turn you towards psychopathy. You know, all these different things they tried to tried to say, blah, blah. But it got so far and far away from the taxi driver metaphor of Robert uh, De Niro and taxi driver is a racist misogynist reductive piece of shit who is also right. a low-key pederast and because he indulged in all of those um feelings he shoots up a bunch of undesirables and saves a young white girl quote unquote saves a young white girl who he was trying to have sex with but he right. saves for sex a 13 year old girl and delivers her back to her family and becomes a hero and even Sybil shepherd drives in his car at the end and is interested in him now because the papers say he's a hero and he's made no change himself. 
all of that's a beautiful thing to try to reapproximate, especially because most kids don't know that that that's what Taxi Driver is about. Yeah, most mm-hmm. kids aren't going to watch Taxi Driver and get that message, so reformat it for the new generation to put a comic book spin on it. All that's fine, but they made him so sympathetic in a way that you never get from Pet Travis Bickle. You're coldly, dispassionately watching him fuck up his life. Yeah, and I th- I think in the same vein, you look at a movie like um, There Will Be Blood, which is very much about a guy who is essentially an antagonist, right? Like the hero of the story is a bad guy. And again, yeah, you're watching him fuck up the world and fuck up his life. It's just that the movie doesn't ask you to sympathize with that guy, which is what may, which is why you can make the distinction. So yeah, that's, that's the biggest sin of Joker. The, the fact that people in the goddamn Academy of arts and sciences were tricked up by that bullshit yeah. really bothers me. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. Uh, but we did get this gem. Uh, 2019 Hellboy. Uh, what a movie, you guys! Mm. Um, one of the best uh, movies. Couldn't make it is- through. Couldn't make it through. And this here's the thing: I didn't mind what I saw of it, but yeah. it was just another one of those movies. I-, I turned it off halfway through because I just wasn't emotionally invested in anything going on. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't incompetent. It wasn't nope. like horrible. It was just like, okay, wh- why do I give a shit? And like, I just got to a point, I think I fell asleep and never had any desire to return and fix what I missed. Well, the movie we're going to give short shrift real quick is yep. um, Bright Burn. I yep. saw it. Mm. I happened to enjoy it as a Superman gone wrong analog. I love the fact that it just posits that the aliens who dropped him on this earth weren't just shooting him here to save him from some calamity. They were shooting him here to colonize us, which very much could have been what Superman was about. So I just kind of enjoyed that. It was a little schlocky. It was a little silly, but give me $12 million. I couldn't make anything better than that. You know? So yeah, fair. Um, I still haven't seen it and I really want to see it. So it's kind of a bummer. I'm going to do it at some point and then we'll get back to it. What did, what you, did you see it? Uh, I didn't, I did not see it either. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I heard mixed things. I'm, I'm interested, but like, you know, it's just so. a concept. It's just, it's just as a concept, it's okay. But as, as a slasher, like Superman as sort of a slasher movie, I could understand why people aren't into that. I'm not into that. But sure. again, when you find out why he's such a little asshole, I think that that part is starts to become a little bit interesting. And I think some of the filmmaking that's done in there, but yeah, it's James Gunn getting his brother some work and fucking around, which <laughs> God damn it. That's what life should be about. Get Why your not? brother some yeah, work. No, and fucking I, around. I, I got nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get to captain Marvel. Then I really like captain Marvel. I recently rewatched it. Still like it. I, yeah. I think, you know, the stuff that people complained about, about her being, too snarky and too this or too that like i can see where they're coming from but even if that's your beef you get it like for 20 minutes in the middle of the movie like from the time that she crashes on earth to the time that her and samuel L. jackson sneak into that shield facility like that's where it is the rest of the time she's not pulling that shit like she's actually a very sympathetic character you know trying to figure out what her past is the whole scrolls as refugees turn, I thought was a great uh, aspect to the movie. I don't know. I thought it was really enjoyable. I, again, I, it didn't break any ground for me, but I have no problem with this movie. That's uh, that's basically how I feel too. Some good fight scenes, uh, real funny moments. Um, I think um, Samuel Jackson kills it as like, always. Yeah. Uh, the moment where she uh, takes off that le- the leather jacket, that's just pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. Um, it, like I said, I, I, I've made it known. Only thing I don't, I don't really mess with in the movie is that they, I think they could have, I think they were a little bit scared to articulate how shitty it would be for a woman to be in the pilot program in the military. Yeah. I think they yeah. were scared to depict how shitty that would be for fear of people saying that they had some feminist agenda, which in turn made her the best pilot, the best everything, always the best, has powers from the beginning of the movie because they've chosen that amnesia angle, which they could have done it just all natural without the amnesia yeah. angle and showed her as a military woman trying to rise up the ranks. They saying, saying, hey, bitch, you want to come in my cockpit? Ha ha ha. Shit like that for 10, 15 minutes to pound home for the neck beards of people like myself who are just like, a lot of movies will go, oh, well, you know what this black guy's going through because he's on a construction site with a bunch of crackers every day. So you kind of know that. So I don't give you a bunch of scenes of that. And they did that with her experience in the military. Like, you Very know that. So. You know yeah. that. So we're not going to give you a bunch of scenes of that. And then, but then they try to give you a quick mini Taj, a, a thing that I, I coined where they just do a billion flashes real quick and it's a montage, but it's so fast that it almost subliminally gets the information to you. They do that in the third act to show, get up, bitch. You know, they've right. been shitting on you your whole life. You, when you fell off your pine box derby, you know, uh, uh, thing, you, you, well, you know what I mean? There's so many things that they, I don't know. They could have just dramatized more the GI Jane angle of it. And I would have liked the movie more because. Uh, a chick with glowing hands fucking up the sergeant who was being an asshole to her 40 minutes ago, you know, calling her private pile and hitting people, getting people to hit her with soap or whatever, trying to wash her and her black friend out of the pilot program or whatever. I feel that more than what yes. they were doing in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the conflict between her and Jude law was great. And the fact that essentially he was gaslighting her into like repressing who she was and what her powers really were. I think that mm -hmm. was great. But yeah, mm -hmm. the rise moment where she, they do the mini Taj of all those moments in her life, I felt nothing because, like you said, they had only ever been weird flashback montages and you didn't actually see her having to struggle in any meaningful way. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're a woman I, in the world, I bet you see that scene like, yeah, motherfuckers, maybe. you see? They're, I mean, not every woman because they're not a monolith unlike uh, uh, as much as anybody else isn't. But just like, I think it was like one of those situations where there was a shorthand that I think yes. a lot of the neck beards and even people who are, I, I try to cult, I gotta, I try to do my beard. Nice. Even some of us were just like, I don't feel anything for her turn in this and how hard she gets her powers. Cause she's been powerful and in control. What? 90% of, of the movie, you know, yeah. besides her knowing all about her, blah, blah. I, mean, I do I, enjoy a lot. The part where um, he's, she's one basically. And then, but he's still up and he's like, this is your moment, hand to hand, no powers, no nothing. Then she's like, and just <laughs> like, no, dude, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> There's people's lives at, at risk. Um, no. But also, hand to hand, he'd get wrecked too. This bitch flies through spaceships. <laughs> hand to hand, she pushes his <laughs> head off. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit dumb from a logic standpoint, but it is a great moment. I, I think it's a great moment. Indiana Jonesian. Yes, so, yeah. it's like where the guy flashes the sword and Indiana Jones just pulls out his gun and shoots him dead. It's it has echoes yeah. of that. So yeah, it is absolutely. not it is people are talking about it's the worst. I've seen I've seen lists on Reddit and you know where I'm going with this. On Reddit and different online places that list this and Black Panther among the worst. And I'm just like I don't understand. 
how you that's going to well, be. You know why that's happening. I mean, but even uh, okay, fine. But these nerds, how are you going to be smart and be racist, dog? How are you going to be smart and hate girls? I don't see where they go together. Well, look, man, Gary Kasparov is one of the greatest chess players of all time, and he really thought the Jews were trying to get him. People yeah. who are smart think stupid things all the time like it, it's just think they can see 17 steps ahead in every scenario and they're not being realistic that's why yeah and and, not being realistic about their influences i think you're right about yeah. that ron yeah and that's where these people are at sometimes they're like people who hold down real jobs making like big bucks who are also fucking idiots at the same time speaking of which shazam i love it <laughs> <laughs> uh you know I, I went to i went to go see shazam i've seen it approximately one and a half times i am not mm. gonna say how great it is but i will say as a fun this is what would happen when kids get superpowers movie i don't know that you could do better than that in the modern age you know a kid with superpowers and the the and and him being like a kid that isn't really a kid because he's such an orphan and he's so fucked up and everything there's something about that that's not that's really cool. It's sort of a conflicted, fucked up about his mom, Billy Batson. It had more gravitas than it had any right to have, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and it was a nice change from the dourness that you usually get from DC's you know, movies before that. Um I would say it's an interesting counterpunch. I mean, to Aquaman. Like yeah. Aquaman was was essentially this huge over the top fun fest. Shazam was like this nice little cozy fun fest. Yeah, you know, just is yep. what it is. Yep, it's a fun movie, but it's not going to be in our top five probably. No. Um, and then let's see here. We have what's uh, which one are we missing here? <laughs> There's two we're missing. We'll start with Spider Man Far From Home. Well, you can't talk about Spider-Man Far From Home without talking about what it's following up. Um, yes, but- let's do it first. Sure. Avengers Endgame, you guys. Uh, <laughs> that movie, look, I love that movie. Um, and I understand, Billy, you were a little bit let down as compared to the to the to to how good Infinity uh, War was. And I totally get that. But I know you enjoyed that movie. Oh, yeah. I, um, I love the shit out of that movie. I wasn't even let down. I just think it's less of a strong movie. You know, I take a little bit of umbrage with just the sheer amount of fan service. I think that that movie is indulgent a little bit and that it's, you know, it's probably 20 minutes too long if you snip and tuck from other parts of the movie. Um, I think it doesn't earn some of the moments that it feels like are going to be these big emotional moments. Some it very much does, but some it doesn't. Um, so it's just a weaker movie than Infinity War, which I think is a Swiss watch of a movie. But there are stand-up and cheer moments out the ass in Endgame. Like, it's a it's an absolute triumph. So, you know, it's all relative. I, I, I remember when we uh, went and watched that at the movie theater before we the plague came in to get us. And <laughs> I remember I saw it, uh, I think, four times in the theater. Um, and the first time was opening night. And there were these kids, man, babies, 18 years old, maybe, you know, like maybe 19 kids. They had grown up with this. I I was thinking about how they this was the culmination of what they had grown up with. Sure. And there were moments where people literally this this one kid was losing his mind. And of course, the one, you know, the big moment when Cap picks up the hammer, this kid jumped out of his seat and was cheering 
and you could just see the like pure, just unadulterated joy he had from the movie. And I also got to see this poor 18 year old cry when Tony Stark dies at the end. I mean, I Spoiler. love that. I love, I, I, I love that it just rips people's heart out like that. That's, that's I, huge for me. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I would have called the usher on that motherfucker and been like, hey, you got to get this dude the fuck out of here, man. This dude is causing a disturbance. We were, we were I'm, I'm that old. <laughs> we were good rows above, so he wasn't like standing up and getting in the way of people. So. I don't know. I would have snitched on him. I'd be like, hey, man, this motherfucker got crack in his sock. Get him the fuck out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was ju- super fun nah, and joyous. I'm just, I'm just joking. But um, I, I saw it so many times. Look, man, I think I'm going to be the end game apologist because once again, People are giving short shrift to just how hard it is to follow up a so-called Swiss watch that all it had to do was do a bunch of setups. Oh, this is just a bunch of setups. That so is they, not true. This is, Let's this not. is the situation. Ed, come on. Not. That's what they did. They did a bunch <laughs> of fucking setups. They did a bunch of setups and got their ass beat for two hours. That's Listen, what they did. If Infinity War ended without a follow-up, it would be an amazing tragedy. Like it is a it is a self-contained unit of entertainment. Oh, well played, Ed. That's just I, look, I don't even know if I agree with you or not. But that is pure joy right there. You, I'm just saying, I'm just obstinate saying son people, of a bitch. For all the people, because look, man, in in Infinity War, it was like you get your dessert, right? You yeah. jam it on a piece of cheesecake or a little trifle or whatever you like, a bowl of fruit if you're some health fucker like Bill, and you, you fucking eat, you eat your little snack, and it's like so good, it's so fulfilling, and then they give you like I don't know an arugula salad for like an hour and a half for the next movie. <laughs> like you just had chocolate covered fucking Oreos. And then they give you arugula salad, then a, a sandwich with one piece of meat and no mayo and shit. And then, and at the end, they give you a fucking giant pizza and a cake and everything. <laughs> so of course you're going to think that that second experience is different than the one where you got fed chocolate covered Oreos the whole time. But Fair I'm enough. telling you, you need your fucking greens. You needed that sadness. Dude, you needed that. And the five years later, the five years later, you, yes. oh, oh, my God, oh. that five years later, cementing oh. that that movie you just watched where you were just going to think you're going to snap your little fingers and get your people back. No, they've been trying for five fucking horrible years. And low key, the world is better now. Now that your fucking fat aunt is gone with all her carbon <laughs> footprint and your goddamn Spider-Mans and all these other pussies, the fact that they're gone, the dolphins are swimming up the fucking lakes again, and this and that is happening. There's something so melancholy and beautiful about the section of the movie that a yes. lot of these fanboys are just dismissing. And they're, and they're talking about, oh, wow, that second one's kind of a slog. Suck my balls. The only thing in fucking Endgame that's an actual slog is me having to watch that goddamn Ronin bullshit. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. That Hawkeye Ronan shit sucks. Yeah, that scene sucks. That section of the movie was where I, when I went to see the movie three times, nigga, I had that shit timed out perfectly to where I could go, go, go take a piss, fuck around, get a refill of my popcorn, and then come back right as that shit was ending. Mwah, me you know what? You know what? All of the worst parts of Endgame are Hawkeye. Like, yes, I don't need Hawkeye and Black Widow fighting over who dies in at Vormir. I don't need Hawkeye fucking carrying the Infinity Gauntlet through the through the sewers at the end of the movie. Like, 
you could have cut Hawkeye out of that movie completely, and it makes no fucking difference. Look, I'll Fuck fix Hawkeye. it right now. I'll fix it right now. The first scene is him getting the soul stone by falling into that thing. Um, after he like, hey, he was killing people. He's kind of nuts. Send him to go get the soul stone. He jumps off. It turns out that the person he loves the most is his fucking self. And then, <laughs> and that's how he, who he sacrifices. And then he gets the soul stone, but Black Widow brings it back and we're good to go. Dude, I go. mean, I'm telling you, the only thing that whack about that movie is Black Widow having to go because she's yep. more interesting than Clint. I don't give a fuck about his dumb, not interesting family. I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about his dumb, nepotism-ass daughter who gets to play fucking uh, Hawkeye's daughter. <laughs> Russo, one of the Russo's fucking daughter is Hawkeye's it's, daughter. It's Joe Every Russo's time daughter, she yeah. acts, I'm just like, shut up. You shut up. You <laughs> shut up and get off my screen. I hate you. I hate how your mouth moves when you say your lines. I hate you. Get out of here. Oh, she, the mouth thing is very like, she looks like she could be the Joker as a <laughs> child. Dude, we're never going to work in this town. We're never going to work in this town. This is Russo Brothers' daughter. Somehow Cut this out, got, Cut this out, Ed. They both got together to have a daughter. The Russo brothers <laughs> together. They had a nepotism daughter. It's gonna be in everything. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. But I gotta say, I really like, I really like the the show Hawkeye. So yes, I, I like the Hawkeye show. 100%. Yeah, so I can't have you know him what? die because I need that. But I guess but, she could could have been Black Widow instead. But you, you know, you know what? I, I will defend it on this level, Hawkeye is integral to why these movies work. And this is why, because he is the guy who's just a guy. Even black widow is a special spy from birth, blah, blah. Clint Barton didn't find out. He was probably a super special spy guy until he's probably 25, 26, probably the military killing bin Laden or whatever. And he's like, wow, I haven't missed in 27 weeks. This is pretty ill, you know, and he has to, in, in the comic books, he has to work so hard to make his his shooting good and stuff. Just there's something about the everyman nature of him. He's like the only everyman left in the entire Marvel Universe, basically. And I feel like there's something powerful that he's standing next to these gods and shit and powerful that his emotional problems and trauma affect the world of these gods and monsters there's something powerful about that because it's Marvel's ethos through and through. There's got to be a regular guy there. It doesn't count. They used to put Rick Jones next to the fucking Avengers because somebody had to be there to be the bard. Somebody has to be there to be the person who sees the action. And the fact that he could participate in the action to be a linchpin in the action is important to the Marvel ethos or else we're just DC where everybody's a fucking God who blinks and planets crack in half. I can't believe we just wasted an Ed Greer rant on Hawkeye. I just, I can't believe it. What the fuck just happened? Where am I? What's happening? I anyway. all, all well said, Ed, but still, <laughs> Endgame, amazing movie. It's no yeah. Infinity War to me, but I, I I hear the point. Like my problem is not with them indulging in some of the dour tone at the beginning because I agree with you that was super necessary. It's just there was like one plot point too many in that movie, and it was all Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, agreed on that. Definitely. And let me say, yes, them. Taking out Iron Man is very important to the movie, but I can't rewatch it because Ariel, every time we start to watch this movie, she's like, no, it's the, no, I can't, wa- I can't oh, watch him die. Again. I would watch it more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just watch that part. He's just, he's just snapping. He's just, it's he's just snapping on beat and dying. You rewind it while staring right at her and then press play and watch it again. 
I will say this. Uh, I do feel like every once in a while when you're watching like a movie or a TV show, they do this as well a lot, actually. It feels like sometimes they put what I call an acting moment in. Yes. And I feel like during the death of Iron Man, several characters got an acting moment. And I didn't, I don't know if I needed that. Uh, they hooked up Gwyneth Paltrow with one of those. That's what I was saying. That's <laughs> what I was referring to. And, yeah. and actually also Tom Holland uh, for uh. that moment, he got an acting. Mo- Look, they did a good job with their moments, except for Gwyneth Paltrow can uh, get fucked for all time. I, if she <laughs> can be thrown into the sun, I'd be perfectly happy. Guys, we really need to stop but, insulting giant Hollywood celebrities. You know? Oh, yeah. That, that's <laughs> the, point the, the point of the podcast. That's a good point. That's a good point. Fuck. Cut that out, Ed. Cut that out. It's just this whole this whole episode is me being like, hey, cut out the terrible thing I said about a person who can do something for me. Um, hey, you know, just just put that put that uh, jade egg in your vagina and shut up. Okay. Uh, fuck it. Okay. Uh, now, obviously, Spider-Man Far From Home uh, comes on the heels of um, of in game and has a lot of things from in game. Personally, me, I'm a Mysterio in this movie guy. I love that. I love the way they rendered his illusions. They're not necessarily photo real, but they are sort of emotionally real. I loved all that. I love the fact that they finally made Mysterio have powers that that are powerful enough to fuck with uh, Spider Man, even if it is just a bunch of drones taped together with w- super Wi Fi. I love all that, and I hate the the fucking Edith shit that is insane and insanely stupid. That whole part of the movie is terrible and could go by the wayside lickety split. You could still have the relationship with Mysterio and stuff. But other than that, I love them being in foreign territory. I love the night monkey situation. He can't really show himself to be Spider-Man. So he has to take out like half of his powers or with those webs and shit. I've said it before. I say it again. Him just jumping around Mm -hmm. is not a superhero. Mm-hmm. Him with his webs and his technology and his intelligence is a superhero. So the fact he was denied that half the movie is interesting on some level. So yeah, I, I like Far From Home. I think it's really good. Yep. I, I think it's funny, Ed, because the the Edith thing is so integral to like making Mysterio cool and giving you that great moment where Mysterio does the heel turn and we realize he was the villain all along and this and that. And it was almost like they realized how good all those dramatic moments were. And then they were just like, we got to come up with some sort of like shorthand for this. Eh, just make him wear a pair of Tony Stark's glasses. And like that controls the whole thing. And it was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. It's one of those things where you kind of scribble in, like make, make Edith cool. And you right. get to the end of the screenplay and you haven't done it yet, but all the rest right. of it works. And you're just like, ah, oh, well, I mean, there's so many ways you could be like him, Spider-Man going into a secret place and discovering that. And he was the only one who had, I would have made it a ready player one almost, honestly, mm. like, like he has left a sort of a fun game for Spider-Man to try to see if he's smart enough to solve it or something. Almost like uh, Tony Stark's dad did for Tony Stark in mm-hmm. Iron Man 2 type mm-hmm. of thing. Something like that, a little ready player one thing that he achieved to get Edith. And then he thinks he's cool enough to, to handle it. Because he did that. He thinks he is part of the legacy. Mm-hmm. But now they just, I, I'm, I'm the smartest guy in the world, and I'm going to give an advanced weapon system to a 15-year-old that I just had to scold for some bodega bullshit five minutes ago. Like, no. What? No. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's what it is. You know, I, w- I will say I love the uh, the Peter MJ relationship and how that goes and the chemistry yeah. between Tom Holland and Zendaya. I think that that's an underrated part of those movies in general. And I yes. think it really sings in uh, in Spider-Man 2, uh, yep. Far From Home. Yes, 100%. it does. It does. 100% agree. So let's get to 2020. Um, we've got some interesting ones this year. This is obviously also the year that, uh, you know, everything shut down and we were all sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did get, however, uh, Bloodshot, uh, which is one of the coolest movies that has ever there. come out with Vin Diesel. I knew you were going there. Never saw uh, it. Never look, saw it, it. Uh, it's super fucking awful, and he's got these nanites that heal from is. any wound. So the whole movie, he's just he's war, he's more indestructible than Deadpool, kind of by far. And I expect you to have some drama in it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Uh, That's let's it. go. Let's go with the, the. Let's go with Bird of Prey. I yes. think it got unnecessarily maligned. I think the fact that they did cast Kane so fucking dirty makes me fucking physically angry. I'm getting physically angry right now. They introduce a character named Cass- Cassandra Kane. She can't fight and she sucks ass. She's kind she of a pickpocket steal. and she's interesting. And she's the, the character, the actress is playing her really well as like a skate kid. That could have been any kid. That could have been, that could have been Stephanie Brown. Could that could have been Stephanie Kelly. Brown. Or Carrie Kelly, anybody, they had yeah. to make it Cassandra Kane, and I hated that. Other than that, it's a sub John Wick as far as action in a lot of places. That bat fight in the fucking police uh, repository where Homeboy's yep. beating everybody's ass with bats and shit. Good and stuff. Glitter, glitter's flying everywhere. The roller skating scene is fucking super fun. The breakfast I sandwich? That. I love me a breakfast sandwich, man. The, the that breakfast, breakfast sandwich, sandwich was funny. <laughs> I hate yeah. that structure of. Let's start in the middle of the movie, rewind, catch up, and then the third, you know, it's like the climax and the third act are essentially just picking up from where the movie started. Yeah. That's not that's not my favorite. Um, I thought Fair. this movie was underwhelming. It wasn't bad, but I've I've had like no desire to rewatch it whatsoever. And like yep. it doesn't affect me whether it exists or not. So yeah, I don't I've know, seen that's it one time. I've seen it one time. Uh, fucking Black Canary being sort of an afterthought in there. It's just like, it's just yeah. DC continuing to DC, in my personal opinion. But the only difference is it has a tiny bit more of an individualistic voice that yeah, is kind of pleasant. Yeah. Rather than the, it's like she's got as much of a voice as Snyder, and the voice is more pleasant. You yeah. know what I'm saying? In regards to like, oh, this is how I'm going to do it. Glitter coming out of everybody's ass and weird asides and stuff. That's the same thing as Snyder choosing to shoot everything in the grayest guys possible and in slow-mo and shit. I'm not saying they're equal in badness or goodness. I'm saying she has a voice. It's very readily apparent. And it was nice to see. But like those characters suck ass. That whole world doesn't make sense, you know? Speaking of suck ass, the New Mutants. Uh, also never saw it. It's I just tried. a little boring. It's 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 all the mutants are basically the mutants are being held by this lady who is basically supposedly trying to teach them about their powers and save them from their powers, basically. But she's an asshole trying to use them and blah blah. And they discover that and fight back. And then there's a demon bear. It's a bastardization of the demon bear thing. The Ilyana in there is sick. She's sort of racist and fucked up. Hmm. Which I'm sorry, she's a Russian immigrant. What's she supposed to do? <laughs> so, so, but, but she's great, and the Danny Moonstar is kind of good, and all the rest of them can get fucked and fly into the sun. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, there was Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, this movie makes me want to cry. It really like, does. Like real, like sad tears, not happy tears. Um, 
I will never forget the experience of watching this movie because we're in the pandemic. I had uh, I went and, and was staying with my parents for a while, so I was essentially with my parents from like Thanksgiving through Christmas. And my dad had 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 COVID and wasn't feeling well. And like the night it came out, my mom, God bless her, was so excited because she just loved the first Wonder Woman movie. And so she was waiting for us to watch Wonder Woman 2 together. And I kind of was too. And we like sat down with popcorn on the couch in the middle of this pandemic, looking for a bright spot, both excited. (laughs) And I just remember... At one point, we paused it because either I had to go to the bathroom or she did, and it was silent for a while. And I was like, "This movie's not really good." And she goes, "Oh my god, thank you! I was wondering if I just wasn't getting something." <laughs> and like, she was so pissed. And we ended up watching the rest of the movie, and like, we just shat on it together afterward. And my mom is one of these people who's like, incorrigibly nice. But we just shat on the movie together afterwards because we were like, "What the fuck was that, dude?" And it's a and that that to me, I I don't know what Patty Jenkins' voice is in that movie. I don't know what she's trying to say. I don't know what ethos she's trying to extol. Like it's okay to like. And again, I'm not some neckbeard redditor going. It's okay to like sexually assault guys. Stop it. She her putting that weird limit on the magic was weird. And was fucked up. You're fucking a guy without his consent a whole bunch because he's got the spirit of Steve in him. That's whack and terrible. Like she just magic this motherfucker up. Like she wished for this motherfucker to come back and he's back. And she has to wish him away back to his own time or something. But just co-opting of a guy. But beyond shit like that, Pedro Pascal sucked in it. Oh my Pedro god. Pedro Pascal Gal. sucked in it. Okay. Yeah. Uh homegirl sucks in it. She it, we, they fooled us into thinking this bitch could act this this yeah. female Arnold Schwarzenegger in the first one. Something about the direction, something about the cutting. They just massaged all the parts where she sucks. In yeah. this one, they're all laid bare. Oh my god, just yeah. laid bare how she sucks. It's crazy. Yeah, yep. I um, I don't get like I don't get what happened here. And and I've read interviews with Patty Jenkins where she talks about like she wanted the movie to feel like in in the script she wanted the movie to feel like a superhero movie that would have been made in like the 80s or the 90s and like the first part does when she's fighting it, those fools in the mall yeah well, yeah yeah very 80s but that's what i mean it just it comes across as like so you want it to be kind of hack and dumb because Boy. that's really how it comes up that's how it turned out Yeah, I I wish you not had to belabor this. This shit sucks, and it's a real shame because I mean, one of what I don't know that there's a steeper drop off. I think this drop off between between that and Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 1984 is one of the more vast in comic book movie history. Yeah, Uh, it is. I I can't. I mean, there. I could think of some other drop offs. I think Batman to Batman Returns the drop off. I think even Man of Steel to Batman v Superman is a is a huge drop off. But like well, this shit is like this shit is like Blade to Blade Trinity. Yeah, without X Men Two to X Men Three, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah. it's worse. I honestly think it's worse than X Two to X Three, and I hate X Three. Yeah, it is. It's fucking it a is. nightmare. It's pretty bad, and it's a. It was disappointing because it was also during a year when we were just. Needed something good, <laughs> just Man. one good goddamn well, dude, thing. Okay, 
Okay, well, speaking to use that as a segue, dude, the Suicide Squad coming out in the middle of the pandemic, being in your TV instantly, I I think it just got a lot of people to go, this is so great. Because I, I have watched the, the Suicide Squad twice. And I, I won't to. ever watch that again. I'm Ooh. never, ever going to watch that again. I oh. thought it was okay the first time I saw it. The second time, I went, my laser vision went all through it. And I was like, this part's boring. This part's dumb. This part is punishingly unfunny and takes three minutes. This part sucks. This, uh, this I, don't, I don't like it. I've come to the conclusion that it is not as execrable as the first one by a damn sight. Idris Elba was trying his best, but seeing him, I watched a a Twitter clip. Maybe this prejudiced me. They go, people act like DC can't do fresh action to CGI. Well, check this out. And Idris Elba puts that piece into his gun and the CGI shit just forms around his hand. He puts another piece in and his gun gets longer and longer with all the CGI machinations. And then he shoots the starro and they go, see, Oh I'm like, God. that's some of the worst shit I've ever seen in my whole life. That is yeah, not cool. That character sucks dick. Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of my eyes with this. I'm sorry. I don't there, like this. Yeah, I mean, there was an issue that I think the the restore the Snyderverse whole movement or the Snyder cut movement, I guess, at the time coalesced around the Suicide Squad some of them were very anti because James Gunn seemed to make some comments to the press that were like against the Snyderverse. But then some of them were also just desperate to be like, look, the ship is being righted. We're getting the Snyder cut. Suicide Squad is going to be in continuity. and We're going to get back on track with Zack Snyder's vision. And so it became a very toxic fan lightning rod. So I think that may have poisoned your well a little bit. Because mm-hmm. um, Peacemaker is great. Peacemaker, Peacemaker takes the bones of this and makes so much hay out of it. I, it's just fantastic. Yeah. I just think this is just a little bit overpraised for not being as horrible. Frankly, being a little better than that Birds of Prey shit. Yeah. Being not as horrible as the regular Suicide Squad and not being as execrable as the rest of the DCU. And all of a sudden it's good. Yep. No, not necessarily. I'm sorry. It's it's okay. It's 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 good. It's it's okay. It's okay. It, it's is, it is a mediocre James Gunn effort. I would say that, you know, right. so I just, I just want to write that. It's just like, come on, man. Like we can't suck everything's dick or our mouths will get tired. Um, <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, um, well, that they, was technically 2021, wasn't it? No, 2020. So okay. in 2021, uh, look, I'm going to be the guy who says, Eternals, they need to stop trying to fucking make fetch happen with that shit too, man. Don't 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 act like that's good. It doesn't have to be good. Marvel doesn't have to have a hundred percent fucking it's thirty percent to get into the Hall of Fame and and baseball. You know, fifty percent to get in the Hall of Fame and fucking basketball. You don't have to be perfect. It mm-hmm. sucks. It's horrible from stem to stern. It's beautifully shot. Some yes. of but some of it is well acted, but it sucks. I uh I'm more forgiving. I do think, yes, it's mostly beautifully shot. Some of it is well acted. Some of it does suck really hard. I think it's more watchable than people give it credit for. I have revisited it since I saw it the first time. It's hard to make it through in one sitting on home video, but it's not painful to do so. So I don't know. It's not the worst. I don't think it sucks. I think, I don't think it's the worst Marvel movie I think it's middle of the road. There's some good parts. 
Um, some really funny parts. Uh, some bad choices. Maybe don't make the black guy create nuclear holocaust. Maybe. I don't know. The black gay guy. Can we not make him be the guy who created the nuclear holocaust? I don't know. Just going out. Maybe maybe don't do that. Um but other than that, like I, I feel like it's it's just a sort of miss, and well, it's, I'm so curious as to what they're gonna do because it is also going to be part of the Marvel universe in some way because those characters exist, and and I do believe an Eternal is supposed to show up and judge the Earth at some point. So oh, they're gonna it's gonna cut the the the. The story's going to come back around. Yeah. Um, Just but curious I think how they're going to pull that off. I mean, I think it's the same way that they made Thor Ragnarok after making Thor the Dark World. It's you like, ju- yeah. Yeah. Just change change direction a little bit and do it, do it confidently. I think a, a broader takeaway from like these post-2018 years is like we're really getting into an era where there's a lot of take it or leave it stuff. And yep. maybe that means that, you know, they're trying different things. But, like, I've certainly noticed, I've said, yeah, I haven't seen it quite a few times between 2019, 2020, and now into 2021. And quite a few times have been like, you know, it's a fine movie. You can maybe rewatch it. And that's where we're at. It's like, we're mm-hmm. that's kind of the era that we're in right now. Yeah. 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 We did uh, also, for 2021, get... Uh, the the Zack Snyder Justice League uh, cut, immaculate cinematic filmmaking at its finest. <laughs> I mean, the definition of cinema, dude. Yeah. I went okay, th- just really quickly. I went and saw that with the screenwriters of uh, the Sonic movie. I went mm-hmm. over to Josh's house and we were kicking it social distance style, and uh, we were watching it in his garage, like outside in his garage, but on a big enough screen where we were almost like seeing the movies, you know, we're fucking, you know, and I was with people I liked. I was in an environment I enjoyed. I was pleasantly high and it was a slog, man. (laughs) It is. Lord, we took a couple breaks and these are guys who watch five hours cuts of movies every day. You know what I'm saying? They're infinitely patient, more patient than I am. And we were just taking mad breaks. It seemed like maybe probably two or three breaks to just be like, ah, stretch your legs, think about the fact that we're wasting our lives here. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> just so much was going on. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, I watched, there's. I, I, wait, I just wanted to cop to the fact I watched it all in one sitting, no breaks, watched it straight through marathon, that shit. Um, but I, go ahead, Ron. What's your take? Well, I was just going to say, I think it's better than the original cut. Yeah. I mean, I, if you want to make that argument, it's better than the the other one that was terrible, and it's less terrible. <laughs> Look, I mean, I think we've we're on record, probably on uh, definitely on a rebooted episode, and maybe on a former episode of of the other show, um, of you know not having warm feelings about this. So, yep. in order to break with the negativity train, I will say. The Snyder Cut does a much better job than the original cut of making every member of the team kind of integral to what they're doing mm-hmm. and giving them all unique power sets that kind of add up to the sum total of, of what they need to do at the end of the movie. Maybe mm-hmm. excluding Aquaman, who is just kind of there. But, you know, 
everybody else kind of gets their moment and, uh, and that's pretty cool yeah absolutely yeah uh, and yeah. then we also got um the most important comic book movie that has ever happened and that's thunder force um with <laughs> melissa mccarthy look i'm gonna tell you a comic uh, it's actually probably not i don't think it is um i do gotta say though just because look this is look guys this is not a thing i'm proud of sometimes i like shit that is really stupid because it makes me laugh and there's a part in this movie where melissa mccarthy because of whatever power she ends up getting has to eat raw chicken all the time and she just loves raw chicken and the way she's eating it is so fucking funny to me and i don't care i don't care that this isn't a good movie i fucking loved that part and that made it like worth the whole movie to me i'm just gonna lay it out there as a not proud moment for ron swallow melissa. i also really go ahead no, I was just going to say Melissa McCarthy is another one of those Rambo knives that are just sitting on the floor out there. She's a Rambo. <laughs> and in that movie, she's a Rambo knife sitting in the middle of like a preschool or something. You know what I mean? Like she, she's, she's always fresh and she always is what she is, but they put her in so much shit that doesn't even use what she is. I, I feel sorry for her. Honestly, I feel sorry. She's a big, her and her husband are major producers. She makes her own, she writes her own ticket. She calls her own shot every time she makes these movies and more power to her. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. this is, I, she's better than these things. Yeah. You know true. what I mean? And, and I, I just don't know. And, you know, anyway, I, she's better than these things. Uh, fucking, okay. Speaking of better than these things. Why does everybody hate Black Widow, dude? Like I, I don't get it. I love that movie. I, I, I don't know. It just I don't you don't have to love it, love I it. But like, I think it's I like it. Love is I, a strong word. And this I think goes it's, back to when you this goes back to when you said I don't get why everybody on the internet shits on Black Panther and Captain Marvel. I mean, you know why. Yeah, you know why. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but but realistically, people do have these so-called well reason. Like I know several people of different persuasions that aren't what you would think that don't like this movie either. And all the it's just you know what it's this phenomenon where it's like everybody liked the Wrecking Crew, everybody likes Taskmaster. No, you fucking don't. No, you like and, the and concept. You know, I mean, to me, and we talked about it on a Patreon. It's like everybody going. It's like this dwarf beard shit. Yes. Yes. Uh, no, I was going to say Ed, it's it's the exact same thing that you and I were just talking about on that Patreon episode of the show, which listeners bangers yeah. over on Patreon. Get your Patreon. ass over com. there. Yeah. Subscribe. Patreon.com slash the greatest pod. But anyway, it's the exact same phenomenon of like fandom has just gotten too online. There's too many mainstream people who are getting all of their fandom opinions from Reddit and Reddit filters through all the most toxic bullshit. And then people just jump on board the bandwagon so that they can be seen to have strong opinions. And like Black Widow as a movie has it's not the best movie that Marvel's ever no. made, but it's a totally cool movie. And even the bullshit about like some of the CGI being so bad, it's like there's mm. one or two shots in the movie. The rest of it is fine. Some of it is genuinely good. And so it's like, you know, I, it's one of those things like it, it, the fandom is too online. Yeah. And this is our podcast people. and stop being online otherwise. 
And and these are the same fucking people who watch Mark Ruffalo and Tony Stark's heads float around in those big boy armors for the last right. few movies. They watch that and go, that's just fine. But boy, She-Hulk's thigh isn't strided enough. And oh, look at this. Look at that. Like, shut the fuck up with that bullshit. And la- last yep. things last, you don't like Taskmaster like that. And if, even if you did, this is a stronger choice. I'm sorry. This Merc with a mouth again as Taskmaster, yep. I don't give a fuck if that's how it is in the comic books. The comic books are chock full of redundant motherfuckers. Okay, you can't like all these redundant motherfuckers. You can't have all of them in a visual medium. You got to change the shit up a little bit. And the change that they made, tying it to her, th- you know what it is? It's it's my it's my Dark Knight. This fucking Black Widow movie <laughs> is low key my Dark Knight. In that, I understand if you're going to stick to the comic books and you have this perfect vision of Taskmaster in your head, but as a dramatic unit for Black Widow her taskmaster would have to be somebody she wronged so that in the course of this movie, she can try to do right by that person. She was used as a weapon against another woman by a man, more or less. And she has to write that wrong for yes. her dramatic unit of presentation. That's how it had to be. So that's why they changed your precious taskmaster, which again, you don't really like like that. You sorry motherfucker. And by the way, like, yeah, first of all, nobody is that invested in the Taskmaster's personality that it should offend them that they made this totally dramatically compelling choice. But also, the action scenes are t- so true to the Taskmaster. Like, there's mm-hmm. so much shit in the movie where, like, as a fan, you look at it and be like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Like, the choreography does such a great job of incorporating, like, all the Avengers moves in a way that, like, you don't have to lampshade it. Like, you just see it. So yep. yeah, I'm with you, Ed. Bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, and I, right. I don't. I just don't think they wanted Black Widow to be able to beat up the Avengers. You know what I mean? They they didn't want Black Widow to do, pull a Lion-O from Thundercats and beat up her whole team. <laughs> they they didn't want that to happen. But regardless, all right. So what else do we got in this year? Is that it? Well, we got uh, Shang Chi. Oh shit! Shang Chi. Excuse me. Shang-Chi. Oh man. And Spider Man No Way Home. But Shang Chi. Let's let's hit Shang Chi first. This movie's fucking great. <laughs> I mean, right? It is. Uh, you yeah. know, some people have argued they don't like the uh, the dragon riding CGI fest at the uh, third act, but I, after m- many rewatches, I'm actually still I'm cool with it. I think it totally works. I don't like that Marvel has introduced that to their universe, but that's more of just me being a nerd that doesn't like, that doesn't think that that level of mystical fantasy really works with what they've currently established. But outside of that nerdery, like it totally works in this movie. And I think it's fucking cool. And yeah, I just, you know. I'm not super into Marvel having just, you know, casually accessed alternate dimensions full of fantasy crap, but otherwise it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that does the fidelity of the universe, but again, the Marvel universe is going to continue to expand in all these different directions and I'm down with it. I'm fine with it. But as a unit, I like Shang-Chi fighting his family, his family, you know, I love yeah. that, that they, they maintain that and then them doing the so-called Mandarin uh, uh, better than the Mandarin has ever been in the books. You know, yep. I mean, this this Mandarin is a hundred times better than a Mandarin's ever been in any comic book. The concept of the Ten Rings and like the, the way they use that better than anything in any comic book, mm-hmm. like 
holy shit, there are some be- just straight up beautiful scenes in this movie with the fighting style of the mother and like the dance between her and, and the Mandarin. And then later when the aunt is teaching him to fight more, more like his mother. And it's like just the visual alone makes you want to cry. Like just gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. I mean, Plus this movie scene on the bus. Are you fucking well, kidding well, me? Dude, and just just dramatically though, fight scene, yeah. schmite scene. This sure. movie survives Aquafina. Okay, like this movie has Fair. Aquafina Fair. all up and through it, and it's still good. That's this amazing. is yeoman's work. It's <laughs> like climbing to the top of Mount Everest with an elephant on your back, for Christ's sake. <laughs> this is amazing stuff, and she's good in it. How about that, yeah. motherfucker? Yeah, they she's use good in it. To use your Rambo's knife metaphor, they use her well. Like she's mm-hmm. appropriate for the movie. Yeah, it's it's and it and I love that. Again, though, this is my only beef with it is: can we get this motherfucker some pussy in his own movie? What superhero you know ain't got no pussy through their whole first movie? Set maybe Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. They, well, like, I think technically did Cap. Did Cap bang it out? Yeah, uh, with with those USO girls. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, yeah that's it's, right. It's another She-Hulk thing. Yeah, yeah, that's she, right. That's right. Captain that's America right. F's. So uh, all I'm saying is uh, that that was a little bit disappointing for me that they that they chose that route. But again, it's almost an interesting choice in that why can't we do more friendships on screen? You know, mm-hmm. I, I I think that'd be better than him them giving her. her uh, given him some goofy girlfriend to have to save the whole time he's saving his friend and his friend is a brilliant driver which helps him in his adventure you know right i think that was a good choice and i mean they hinted at the end of the movie that there might be a romantic future between the two of them and that was enough for me i mean i Mm -hmm. get the fact that like yeah it is a little bit lacking but maybe that sets it up for him to just be absolutely plowing ass in the next movie you know oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 10 cock rings oh <laughs> hello <laughs> but, okay so spider-man no way home oh mm. oh i fucking love this movie hey <laughs> i don't even uh i look I, there's probably smart things to say i just i man they they again this is one of the things that's I, I have to assume that Kevin Feige just loves Spider-Man and gets him. I, I, I don't know whether explanation because like them bringing him into save bad guys and fix the problems from old movies is insane that they pulled that off first off, because mm. that sounds like a terrible idea for a movie, doesn't it? Oh, we're gonna, yeah, kinda, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah. It's definitely an unproven idea. I mean, we're yeah. you're essentially making a plot out of like retconning old movies that you're are no longer even relevant. And you talk yeah. about fan service. This is pulling up a wheelbarrow to yeah. Golden Corral and shoveling a bunch of stakes in there. You know, well, and that's why I think it's kind of incredible. Is like they're doing a really weird fan servicey kind of task that nobody asked for. And yet they're making it work dramatically. Like that's nuts. The fact mm-hmm. that this movie hits so hard emotionally, and the fact that like even within all of the weird plot mechanics, they still are able to pack it with so much emotion. That is a fucking miracle, man. Like that's really, really cool. <laughs> like I I was kind of shocked by the fact that like 
they both pulled off the amount of fan service and like house cleaning that they did while still making it such a satisfying emotional experience. Like that's fucking talent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's just so many good scenes in this and that he, that uh, we get Peter Parker back to the guy who wants to save people that that's like his thing. I, I love it. Yeah. I mean that, that part is true. Just, just, a, I have decided that my mission is to not hurt people permanently. Like that's and nothing. He hasn't. He didn't kill the vulture. He didn't. He he was not responsible for killing uh, Mysterio. If Mysterio is even dead, ho ho ho. You know. You know what I mean? Like I I agree with you, Ron. It's well, very important to get him back to that to, to that state. And the fact that that grows out of the beginning of the movie where he recognizes that like his role as Spider-Man is fucking up his friends and family's life and is carrying again, a, a classic thing for Spider-Man carrying that guilt that, Oh my God, I screwed this up for everybody. So not only is that I, I thought was a really strong motivation for him to actually make that deal with Dr. Strange, but then something that reverberates through the movie as like, he just can't bring himself to like let people's lives get fucked up. And it's like it, it it starts pitch perfect and it matriculates pitch perfect and it ends pitch perfect. It's just yeah. it's a great mm-hmm. little movie, man. I mean Aunt May dying. Oh, oh. brutal. And, and then, I and can't believe they got away with Uncle Benning Aunt May. It was That's so crazy. good. Yeah. I know, right? It just uh, last thing I'll say about it is just it's a collection of moments. The moment where she's thinks she in any other movie, she would be okay because we wouldn't give a fuck. But she got hit by a goblin glider busting through a wall. There's no way she'd be okay. Everybody's not fucking Vin Diesel. Just yeah. because you are Spider-Man doesn't mean everybody's going to survive all of your fucking shenanigans. So you need to fucking not, you know, not be putting people in harm's way and just cements the theme so hard. And I yeah. think some of the fights with uh, uh, Green Goblin, although to my mind, not really executed that well, are visceral. Like when he's when he's yes. doing WWE moves on yes. fucking a Green Goblin after that, things like that are visceral and they connect and stuff. And just I, I enjoyed it. My my only real nitpick is just the stabbing of Tobey Maguire not being a big deal at the end. <laughs> you know, just oh, yeah, a bit of a fake out, a little bit of a. I've just, been stabbed before. It's cool. It's, it's like okay, that's uh, at least okay. Uh, I thought they were yeah. gonna kill him, and I was like, sweet. Take your wrist full of goo and get the fuck out of here. But I love that moment. I love that moment. Does it shoot out of anywhere else? (laughs) And then their moments together are pitch perfect. And then Garfield's moment saving Mary Jane. Oh, that like broke me. That movie isn't even a good movie. And that still fucked me up. I'm like, it's. And just last things last, the thing that's so brilliant about this is what you guys talked about before, but uh, just to put a point on it, we've managed to decide to make bad media good with this retcon shit or 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 have you look on it a different way. And it's like those movies are bad because his world is bad because he started down the road of making bad choices and shit. That scene of like after Gwen died, I just started punching motherfuckers too hard and knocking their fucking faces off and shit and killing fools probably. Mm -hmm. And it's like that's beautiful because those those worlds are too violent and too fucked up for spider-man to be in the world that he's in right now is the proper world for spider-man and these other worlds are too violent too saccharine too this too that you know and even the people from there are they're still spider-man though 
it's it harkens back to to Spider Verse. Spider Verse and this as like a one two punch of how versatile the Spider Man concept is. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Yeah. So now we got to get to twenty twenty two. We got some super gems. Morbius. It's Morbin time. Um, Still haven't seen it. Thankfully, I haven't either. I have no idea if it's good. I'm not gonna watch it. I gotta be yeah. honest, guys. It's I'm not really gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it for the lulls. <laughs> Dude, hey, that could be another one of a drunk watch along. So I haven't watched oh. it. I watched a couple of scenes where him he fights his villain in it, and I was like, Y'all both suck. This sucks. But yes, uh, we could definitely <laughs> check it out because it does everything you want to do wrong, everything you want to do right in one of these movies, it does, but poorly. And everything yeah. you want to do wrong, it does exemplary. Like it's <laughs> <Yeah>. exemplary, <laughs> exemplary wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so we did have the Batman come out though, March fourth. Uh, Ed and mm. I saw that. I um, saw that. Oh, I've, yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta admit, since that thing's come out on HBO Max, I've rewatched it like four times. I really like it. I really like it too. I can't I can't even get on board with it being the best Batman movie, but like it has a rewatchability factor to it that's like huge for me. It feels like you're dipping in. I think the fact that it feels a little low stakes, it feels a little slow, not even slow, but just call it uh deliberate in its pacing. It feels like you're just like dipping into Gotham to like hang out there for a while and just sort of like ride around on Batman's shoulder as he does some Batman shit. And like, I, I kind of <laughs> dig that about it. Me too. You know what? I, I, I think that that sort of ha- that type of shit is what had me so jazzed when it came out. I must admit for my dollar though, it's been on HBO. It's been again inside my TV for months now. Haven't watched it one time. Ooh, and I don't know what's up with that. You know what I mean? And I'm not the end up be all of bad anything or, or anything, anything. And I just feel like it's one of those things where when I when I sit down and I go, how long is it going to take me to get to that Batmobile scene? <laughs> An hour and some change? No, thanks. Uh, how, how long is it going to get before he starts becoming like a symbol to people instead of just doing the same old walk into clubs and fuck dudes up shit? Oh, way at the end? Uh, I just... I, I, I do those calculations and I don't like to skip around and watch stuff and stuff that's as epic and as well made as that. Yeah. So I want to give it what it needs for me to sit down and really watch it. And I haven't picked out those three hours of time yet. I just haven't. You know, I think that's that's ultimately probably my biggest problem with it is it is exceedingly well made. I mean, just the level of craft in that movie is off the charts and it's like in service of something that's just okay. You know, like uh-huh. the story, the twists in the story, like the emotional beats of the story. Batman yeah. can't speak Spanish. Come on now. Batman is fluent in a lot of shit. That isn't even Kung Fu mastery across the world. El Larata. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not even trying. Look, I'm not even trying to nitpick to that level, even though that's a fi- <laughs> it's a fair point. I'm just saying that, like, you know, the whole like Carmine Falcone being behind everything. Carmine Falcone being Catwoman's father, the idea that like Bruce Wayne's father's billion dollar rebuild the city fund has been misappropriated and used in these wrong ways. Like it, the, the everything that happens with Alfred, like every sort of dramatic beat that the movie tries to hang things on. It's not even that everything. It's not even that the stuff doesn't work. Like even the Riddler's backstory. It's not that it doesn't work. It just, for me, it just kind of sits there. It's just like, okay, I get it. Yeah, that mm-hmm. checks out. 
The fact that the Riddler used to literally watch Bruce Wayne play around and have a good time is just glossed over. Like it's oh mm. well, you know, eh, yeah, I used to I used to be on your property watching you have fun and be and be, you know, playing with your Tonka toys and shit. Cause you probably got every toy because your parents are dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I saw you grow up in the lap of luxury. Yeah, you were feeling some things, I guess, given by how you're dressed. But <laughs> and that hairstyle. <laughs> but uh, hey, there's just something in the way. Uh I just feel like there's I think you're right. it has so many great moments that just sort of lay there. And I don't know why that is, you know, because again, yeah. on every level, this is controversial. But to me, on almost every level, it's as well or better made than The Dark Knight. And I don't even like The Dark Knight that much. And I have watched The Dark Knight so many times. Yeah. I've watched it so many times. And I refuse to watch this Batman more than once. What's wrong with me? You know what I mean? And I think it's just there's something about the low stakes. And at the end of it, it's kind of this beginning for him. Whereas at The Dark Knight, I felt like it was almost the beginning of the end or I don't know. It's just the gravitas isn't there for me on the second for second watches and shit. I think it's just genuinely like you, you go on, you go on a trip, but it doesn't feel like a journey. If you can understand mm. the difference, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you do a lot of shit with Batman and it all feels very Batman like, but when you get to the end of it, you don't feel like, damn, look at that quest. I just completed it lo- it's like a four mm. episode arc in the Batman animated series. Yeah, it's oh, like the, yeah. It's like an extended arc of the best Batman TV show you've ever watched. Yeah, that's yeah. what it, that's what it is. Dude, and if this was dog, oh, dude, you got it right there. If this was a Batman television show on HBO Max with hour long episodes that would give you six every year, I'd be jacking this thing till completion. Yeah. But the fact that it's something I got to sit for three hours at a time and watch and try to enjoy it just it doesn't have enough going on for yeah. all that. Right. You know, That's it's like fair. Zodiac. A lot of people love Zodiac. Zodiac ain't got nothing going. It doesn't have I enough love, going on. For that, me. That, I'm so with you on that, on uh, both on Zodiac and like not being able to get through that and the way that it feels exactly like how the Batman feels. I'm with that. Mm-hmm. Cool. So then uh, let's get to DC League of Super Pets. I want to throw that one out there. I know you saw it, Bill. I didn't have a chance yet, but I'm, I'm definitely it's definitely on the list of things I want to watch. Look, I'll be quick. It's not going to make the list of like the greatest superhero movie of the 2020s. Yeah, I think the Batman is probably a better movie. It has some dumb leaps or just omissions of logic in it because it's made for five and six year olds. But. If you want to see all your favorite DC heroes on screen, looking dope, acting cool, cool action, Metropolis looking better than it ever has, probably in comics or on screen, this movie's got a lot going for it. And and mm. honestly, as someone who is on record in this very podcast of how much I don't like The Rock, I really enjoy The Rock's vocal performance. I think all the characters are super likable, and it's just a really good time. If you can watch it with some six-year-olds you know, that would be the best way to do it. I, I watched it with my niece and nephew and they were super enthralled, but I like this movie. I think DC should do more stuff like this. To me, this whole thing about DC is dark is such a weird take because to me, DC is what is portrayed in the league of super pets. Exactly. Yes. yes I, I totally agree with that without even seeing that movie. 
I agree with that. D- DC being this dark universe, I don't get that. Marvel was always the one where you got rent to pay. Yeah. Ain't nobody in DC paid rent since God was a boy. Yeah. In Marvel, everybody got bills. Even fuck, got, uh, Captain America saved the world 15 times, can't pay his rent. Captain Captain America talk about white Captain America was talking about I can't afford to move to Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he wasn't getting no salary. You know what I'm saying? There's not much money in being a fucking symbol. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> it's it's just crazy how DC is the world with no consequence. And yet they chose by corporate mandate for years to be the dark universe. What the fuck is up with that? That's yes. can you can you imagine Cap Captain America's just making YouTube videos to try to make some cash like workout work yeah workout videos or something just dude dude he's like he's like uh he's like a world champion disc golfer you know what I'm saying? <laughs> doing parkour videos with like kids up on 57th yeah. street yeah 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 i love it um then we had uh dr strange in the multiverse of madness um a rare miss i mean <laughs> I know that I, I think I had fun at that movie. I don't think it's perfect and it's not going on the list of of best movie of from 2010 to 222. I, I can tell you that much. I think working with very similar material, it did wrong everything that Spider-Man No Way Home did right. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it, it's, again, I just want to be very clear. You promise me a multiverse of madness. You take me to two and a half worlds that are basically just like ours, including an exposition machine that tells me that America is sad. You don't let this bitch learn how to use her power. So in the end, when she turns up and she defeats the shit, she finally does the star star grove that she does to save everybody is not earned because she doesn't get better at anything. This movie sucks. And the fact that it's being talked about, like it's just sort of mediocre it's part of why everybody thinks we're insane and we're stupid for liking mm. this material. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's fucking very bad. And that's we're talking about point. it's mediocre when it's very bad. And I, I don't understand. And I'm not the end all be all of anything. I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum. No, look at it. I get young, it. You, this, you, oh, this look, I don't understand. Look at you're, you're always right. We know this. You're the that isn't correct. I, I'm so wrong. Also, all the time. I mean, your I taste is the best taste. We all know that too. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Well, that um, I mean, yeah, unimpeachable. I like Tremors <laughs> more than the Dark Knight. So fuck yeah, fuck me. Tremors and Boogie Nights are empirically better than the Dark look, Knight. How about that? Look, I'm insane. I look, I, I can't. What, what did you enjoy about Multiverse of Madness? I thought it looked cool. I liked. Um, I liked. I liked when he took over. I. I uh, I liked the the cameos. Um, yeah. Um. <laughs> well, but you know what this this is. I don't want to beat up on Ron too much because it's like when you like a certain thing on your pizza and somebody just hates it. You're not going to win that. Uh, there are pineapple people out there. They're psychos, well, and, but they exist. I don't know. They're and just, and just I, to, I've eaten it on. And there just to be clear, I don't yeah. think this is like a great movie. I yeah. just watched it while I was watching it. I had a good time. Yeah. I, do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, it's not like the best movie. And it's, I don't think, I don't think it would be if, even in the, like, I think it's still at the bottom. Like, I agree as far as like, is it a, a great Marvel movie? It's no. But while I watched it, I had a good time. Um, I can't tell you specific scenes though. So that probably gives it away. The one thing that I really liked was when he took over um, the dead body 
uh, the the dead oh, body that, strange. That was metal as fuck. Like that was that, that was part metal. Of and then yeah. he got all the the ghosts turned him into a cape and shit. That shit yeah. was fucking rad. That shit um, was dope as fuck. I mean, even some yeah. of his constructs saw in the bus in half in the trailer moment. I even yeah. love shit like that. That shit is hardcore. Yeah. But the reasoning behind everybody doing this and the way they chose to portray these ideas, I I don't get this. And I, I think there are people out there who think this is way better than something like Black Widow, which I'm just like, it's not. Blown it's away. Not. Well, it and also inferior. let me say this: one of the biggest problems in this movie that I for sure had a problem with when when I watched it, and I remember this specifically. Every multiverse Doctor Strange is basically a guy who makes the worst decision every single time. They almost kind of wanted to make this this thing where maybe you think Strange is going to kill America or or going to do the wrong thing. I never believed he was going to do that the entire time. Using the dark hold isn't the greatest dis- greatest decision, but it's also his only choice at that point. So I don't know what else the fuck he's going to do. You know, so but also like it's, it's just it's just shit or get off the pot, dude. Is the bitch evil because she lost her kids or because she read a book? That too. It, it can't be both. Yeah, it yeah. can't be both. And if it is, it, it, if it is that she lost her kids in the fucking Wanda show, have these motherfucking magical dudes get killed? Like mm. the government shows up and kills these little magic fuckers. Because they really exist, and they're not just made out of your freedom and Im- imagination. You made them, they existed, and they got murdered. Yeah. And so you have this vendetta against the world where you're going to tear us apart. Maybe maybe the price from the Elder Gods is our world. Just totally sacrificed, destroyed, and we'll give you whatever you want. And she goes, deal, because these motherfuckers ain't did right by me since forever. My boyfriend tried to lock me up, you know what I yeah. mean? And they and they broke me out and all this different shit. And then I got rescued but, by fucking Hawkeye. What kind of bullshit? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to share scenes with this guy. Fuck it, Elder Gods. Please help me. You know what I mean? There, she's, a dis- she's been disaffected in this world for the entire time she's been in existence. But she turned evil because she read a book. What is this, Mm. the Bible? The bitch bit an apple and she read a book and now she's evil? What are we doing with this? Oh, and she's insane because she lost imaginary children. Because all women go nuts when they lose their imaginary children. (laughs) It's just, that's insane. I'm sorry. It's just just built on sand. It's insane. So then we get to the last on our list, Thor, Love and Thunder. So, what did you guys think of Thor: Love and Thunder? This one is painful um, because this one feels like actually wasting a bunch of really cool shit. Like this is to me, this was a bad movie. But worse than being a bad movie, they fucking wasted Christian Bale in a role that he was well cast for and could have been awesome. Yeah, they fucking wasted the entire storyline of Jane Foster dying of cancer and becoming the mighty Thor. They fucking wasted the first appearance of eternity in the MCU, which is a very important character to the whole Jack Kirby cosmology. Like, Ooh boy, this one is rough. Yeah. I, I I, look, there's some real fun parts in there. I laughed at a, you know, the booty scene and, um, I loved it. I laughed at uh, the goats. The goats made me laugh a lot. Um, they ran that into the ground like a Family Guy joke. They did. They <laughs> did push it a little bit, a little bit far. Uh, but you know what? They didn't push it far enough because they they the Family Guy gets funny again, 
And right. I will say that it stopped being funny at some point. It was funny for the first like two times, then it stopped being funny, but mm. they needed to do it like seven more times to make <laughs> it go- funny again yeah. so that it became obnoxious and they didn't do that. But then the other thing I look, I'm a sucker. One of the, I'm just going to talk about this with comedy point of view. One of the most important things when you do stand up is to close on your very best joke. You open on your second or third best joke. You close on your very best joke. The one that gets the most laughs, the one that's going to get you remembered the, the most. And the reason you do that is because then people leave remembering the last joke. Yeah. And I love the ending of this movie. I love the idea that basically <laughs> he wins and Thor is like, well, I'm not going to win. I might as well spend the last few minutes with the person I love. I, I'm a cheesy ass person and that really works for me. So I think that I watched that, saw the ending and was like, that works for me. And, and let uh, a lot of other really bad shit go. Because you are right. I know this is not a good movie overall, but I feel like that ending made me feel happy about it. So, well, it's not that the movie doesn't have good moments. And I think that that, there's something to be said for that ending. It's just that it can't commit to what it wants to be. I mean, the movie's like schizophrenic. That That whole black and white sequence where they're fighting on that one planet, unbelievable. Like, so visually arresting and inventive and cool but like has nothing to do with anything. And like the whole thing with the God, the, 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 I don't know, Godopolis or whatever they called it. Mm-hmm. Like I, the whole scene was a waste because it, it did was nothing for anybody. Waste. Yeah. It was just a total divergence that had nothing to do with the, I mean, it, it, it like ground the movie to a halt. It's like you jumped into a totally different movie. Every sequence felt that way. It's like, okay, now we're going to jump into a totally different movie. You want to talk about your your comedy metaphor? The opening of this movie is fucking incredible. I mean yeah. that the of of Gore dragging his dying child through the desert and like all that shit. Oh my god, was that good? And then yeah. the movie never even approaches that tone or that aesthetic ever again. And it's just like, what are we doing here? I mean, look, Hemsworth daughter as daughter is in it, so that's all that matters. <laughs> Well, like I said, I'm not. I, I I think I wasted all my energy on Multiverse of Madness, and I think what's interesting is this is so empirically worse than that that I feel ashamed of myself for for going, <laughs> for going so nuts on because Multiverse hangs together better. Yeah. Multiverse has better performances throughout. Yep. Multiverse has a better uh, has a better villain because of said performances because we know that character, even though you know she is on some bullshit with that book. It's crazy how much worse than Multiverse of Madness this is. And both of them got a pass from a lot of people. Oh. Both of them got the Marvel. Marvel does okay stuff pass from a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I don't. It, the thing I'll say pointedly about this movie is once again, I don't like these not giving me what you promised. In Civil War, you promised me that the heroes would fight the heroes in a big climactic battle. Besides the end of Endgame, name me a better climactic battle than that's in fucking Civil War. Sure, they yeah, gave awesome. you what you wanted, and and fucking Multiverse of Madness. Show me a bunch of multiverses. Oh, we'll do a mini Taj of three or four that aren't interesting, and then we'll dump you into a world just like your own for the for the majority of the movie. 
That's not a multiverse of madness. Okay, fine. I, you've betrayed me then. I'm going to go see this God Butcher movie. Hope to see him butcher some gods. Oh, I'm watching it on view screens. I'm watching it on postage size view screens, seeing the aftermath of him killing gods. And then he goes and has a kindergarten match in Norwegia with these fucking losers. And then he takes them to a black and white uh, fucking uh, Bergman planet. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's the that's the gods we're talking about. He did. He didn't murder one god. He got lucky and stabbed one in the neck. You want to make the rest of them make, are just dead. You want to make what? Godopolis good or whatever that place is called? He shows up and just starts wasting fucking gods. Wasting them. Well, you you had to assume that that was in a script at some point, right? Like You'd why think. else even introduce all that shit? Yeah, mm-hmm. he shows up and, and he's wasting them, and Thor and them barely get away with their lives. Yes, yes, to regroup. Ron. Yes, then, let the logic flow through you. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what should have happened. Yeah, dude. yeah, that's exactly what should have happened. And you know what? You pick up uh fucking Zeus's lightning bolt after it bounces off of fucking uh Gore the God Butcher, falls in a grate, and Thor grabs it as a keepsake. And it turns out to help him later in the movie, maybe or something. But if you're going to use him using Homeboy's Thunderbolt, it fell out of Thor, uh, Zeus's hand after he got his head chopped off by Gore the God Butcher. You know what yeah. I mean? To show how hardcore Gore is, the person Thor looks up to got murked in an instant by Gore the God Butcher. Mm-hmm. That would have been so great, Ron. You know, I did I also- enjoy them finding out that all the gods were dicks. Um, I but you, but but maybe then- but I also hated the fact that they found out that all the gods were real. Like Marvel's really doing this thing where they're just completely abandoning any need to explain anything. Yeah. We just show up and somewhere out there, there's just this random city where every God ever talked about just exists. And like, there's nothing interesting about them. Like they're just uh, hedonists who sit around in robes and watch sporting events. And, and you can like, bonk them on the head and steal <laughs> their robes and go right. do a fucking threes company up into this motherfucker. It's like, what? What? <laughs> it does make it's sense. So, it's so makes sense. I mean, you know, when you're gods, you are bad at security. Like that is the, the first yeah. thing. Terrible. How about, yeah. How about this? And like, I don't mean to bring, I, I, I don't think this is too much thinking. Like, you say when you're gods, what does that even mean? I know. What does that That's even mean? That's true. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And just a little tiny treatise on the gods. At one point, people understood the gods to be unknowable, unfathomable beings. This is no longer the case. Something, it has been my experience right? yeah. that gods are a bunch of celestially powerful beings, but I do not know why such power was conferred upon them. You know what I mean? Some kind of crawl like that where it's like the gods are out of hand and they're assholes or something. But like this would have been the movie to give that explanation, given that your ostensible lead bad guy is the God Butcher. And Marvel, by the way, has already given you the context in the previous Thor movies that there exists this powerful alien civilization that has teleport technology that can bring them to Earth. And so ancient humans worship them as gods because they were so powerful. Mm -hmm. So, okay. We have that explanation. So now, is that the case for every other god? Is are, Zeus are just- a, a powerful alien that somehow teleports? And why was he worshipped in one part of the world versus Thor in another part of the world? Like, they don't mm-hmm. explain shit. Yeah, and like, but yeah, why did Bast to go to one area? Like, why aren't the Vikings worshiping a big black cat god? Also, are yeah, we supposed yeah. to feel sorry for a bunch of assholes who are acting like assholes? Like. 
when well, again, when it's, Gore kills that guy, you're like, yeah, he's a piece of shit. You should have killed that guy. Well, that but that was them trying to uh, really quickly. That was them trying to kill Monger Gore. Yeah, they right. were trying to make it seem like he was in the right, so you'd have this conflict. But at no point is he compelling enough for me to have a conflict between him and Thor. Even though Thor is yeah. a non-character in here, Gore is just as much a non-character. Which is my point, that the movie can't commit to its own stories. Like, a, a, a movie about what is the place of gods in this cosmology, and like, if they suck, do they deserve their power? That'd Love great. it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Never asked. Movie. It's never asked in this it, entire movie. They literally, True. it's just that opening scene that addresses it. And the rest of it mm-hmm. has nothing to do with that. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And for such world spanning shit, this shit looked cheap to me, dog. I don't I know, agree. man. Up here, talk about She-Hulk look cheap. This, this looks as cheap as She-Hulk in a lot of scenes. Not all of them. In a lot of scenes. The Ingmar Bergman planet. The Ingmar Bergman planet was where they put all their money, and the rest of it was a little bit like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just just trying to find just last things last. Marvel's propensity in these modern movies to try to find a way to film everything in a phone booth. Though a lava monster came out of God's asshole and is spewing galaxies out of its butt crack. And we'll shoot that in a four by four room somehow. We'll we'll have people sit down watching that on view screens. If you're gonna do spectacle, do spectacle. I want to see da- a David Lean shoot of Gore the God Butcher killing something that's the size of a mountain. And by the way, the movie promised you that with the way it opened, and then it just didn't deliver it at all. Yeah. Right. And the, and the so, fact that so many people are getting used to not getting what they were promised is boggling uh, my mind too. Yeah. So here's what I want to bring up because we've pretty much hit. Uh, we've now done it. We've gone to 2022. We've, we've hit every good, bad, and probably missed a few, but we've hit a lot of them. So here's the question. Do you think Marvel's about to go downhill? I mean, I, th- I think that's one takeaway. And it's an interesting exercise looking back now that we've had this you know epic conversation where you now have our opinion on every superhero movie ever made. Um, there is a total drop in quality. After right now versus what we were talking about an hour ago you know what yeah. i mean like there's an argument to be made that marvel kind of peaked in 2018 and obviously there are good movies after that but like it's gotten suspect and i but i think that's kind of across the board i think yeah. like this whole there, there could be an argument made that the whole superhero boom peaked in 2018 and we're too in it right now to sort of assess it, but I think something's happening. And 10 mm. years from now, we're going to be talking about this being like, oh, yeah, you could see like 2022, 2023 was the year. Bleh. And I just don't know what to fill that in with. Well, it's just like sports stars. Like you hardly ever see, you're hardly ever in the know of when the dude starts to, the, the mustard starts to come off the hot dog, you know, yeah. when they start to start to get old. Like sports stars and most sports get old really fast. And the Marvel, Marvel is like the LeBron of fucking comic book shit. You know, it just, it's hard to say, oh, this is the year where he stopped having a 40 inch vertical and went down to 35. And now he has to muscle past everybody to get to the basket. Most people just think LeBron is LeBron. Yay, he's LeBron. But a, a trained eye sees that he can't jump quite as high, sees that he gets tired really quickly and has to go to the bench at about six minute mark. You know what I mean? Marvel is 20-year LeBron. 
Mm. It's still he's still good as fuck. He's still better than his competition, DC, frankly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But it's going down. He's not yeah. he's not dunking on giants anymore. He's throwing a little layup past the hand because he's smart and crafty. And I think that that's the kind of artist that Marvel's going to become. We talked on a, a Patreon episode last night uh, fucking about goddamn uh, She-Hulk and some of this shit. And we're going to have you on, Ron, at the end of Rings of Power. We're going to do a big afterwatch okay. so we can get everybody's new Tolkien thoughts and shit because I'll actually give a Tolkien thing a chance. But beyond that, the things that Marvel is making right now, they're cheaper. They're dumber. They're more comedy based. That's what they're going to be. Get with it unless you want your heart broke. Yeah. All I got to say about it. Could happen. Um, but let's uh, let's pick it out from 2016 16 to, to, now. to now. Past what, seven what, years. What was your what's your top two? Um, Ed, go ahead. I'm going. End game. And Civil War, my final answer. Those okay. are my two favorite ones that I just go, God damn, these just are. And, and Infinity War is number three. And Black Panther would probably be number four. Okay. I'm going to go Infinity War one. It's, it's really a toss up between Spider Verse and Infinity War for me. But I think Infinity War maybe barely edges out Spider Verse. And I'm really tempted to maybe put Aquaman number three. Like, I, I can't overstate my appreciation for that movie. But Black Panther and Endgame are also hanging out. So it's a tough one. But I think for me, Infinity War is the definitive number one. All right. Um, man, Thunder Force is so good. <laughs> Uh, Ron, let me let me. The way Ragnarok that is hanging chicken. out there. Well, right. <laughs> the thing is, I it is my most rewatched Marvel film. I gotta say, it's it's for me. It's probably gotta be in my top three for sure. So Thor Ragnarok is definitely gonna be one of them, just because I fucking really enjoy the movie. I'm just gonna say it. Like I don't know if it's the best of them, but for me, it's the top three for sure. Um, I think I'm also probably going to go Civil War. I think I got to go Endgame and then Infinity. Yes. And Infinity's probably <laughs> after Thor. Okay. So, yeah. I and think I, think, so. I, I think I, if I revise my shit, I, uh, Spider Verse beats oh, Black yeah. Panther. Spider Verse beats Black Panther by the slimmest of whiskers for my number. Exchange between two and three, you know, type of Actually, shit, like you know, type of thing. So, like three, I'd say three. I got it. I got to change it. Sp- Spider Verse is number one. I, I think oh, it is. Okay. I, I, if I really think about it, I've, I, th- there's nothing that that movie's perfect to me. I don't yeah. think there's, I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong that I can nitpick from that movie at all. It's perfect to me. So, I'm changing it. Spider Verse is number one, then probably uh, Civil War, End Game, uh, uh, Infinity, and then Thor. That's probably where I'm going. Look, nice. the big takeaway is it's a really tough to rank these because these past seven years have been uh, an embarrassment of riches in the superhero movie department. 
And like we were just talking about, that might not continue. So let's cherish all of these ones that we love so much while we can. And still have hope for the future as well. Yeah. You've yeah. got to have hope for the future, even though we know that we're living in the golden age and we should just wrap it up. I, I never thought that living in the golden age of hip hop in the, in the 90s, that that was going to be the golden age. Because there was just a bunch of songs about butts and shooting and garbage. <laughs> and it was just it was what it was. I thought it was just regular stuff. And now that I look back and now we're still talking about butts and shooting and guns, but at a dumber rate with less unique words used. I didn't know I was in the golden age. I think at least we kind of know we live through the golden age of these movies. I think we lived through it. We got yeah. to see it. And I think with all this talking and shit, we got to observe and understand that we lived through the golden age and just appreciate that, you know? Cause I mean, after those seventies rock jams, you best believe when those keyboards came out, a lot of people just <laughs> turned off. They're like, fuck it. I hate this electronic sound. You got to get with the new wave, baby. The new, cheaper, dumber, funnier Marvel is coming. <laughs> Just like it. Just like it. Look, <laughs> we, are about, we are about to glimpse the future. Black Adam comes out soon, and like yep. that will show us the way. That will show <laughs> us. And just, Dude, that would be the funniest thing if that was the, divi the divergent line. <laughs> Black Adam, oh, Black Adam comes that. out, and then... Everything just goes to shit. Uh -huh. Oh, God damn. Dude, I would hate for that to happen because you know what they'll say. Be like, ah, as soon as they let those Black Adams in, it ruined everything. No, but they had Black <laughs> Panthers before, and it was good. No, but I uh, think but, Wakanda Forever is going to be awesome. I, I do. So, you know what? I, I think uh, just a tiny bit of speculation at the end here. I know we're long on the tooth, but if Wakanda Forever can bring us back to part of the thing that make Marvel movies so fun. Is that their roller coaster rides from melancholia all the way to pure joy? They yep. cannot just be joy spammed over and over and over and over again. They have to have some stakes and some melancholy and some true blue thrilling action to make you feel that the characters are going to die. At no point did you think Thor was going to die in that entire movie. Mm -hmm. And there's several times in Ragnarok where I'm like, oh, he might get, <laughs> I don't think he's going to die, but he might get really fucked up here. You know, they're just absent these stakes. So maybe Wakanda can bring us back to those states because that world is going to be fucked up after those Atlanteans, Talosians, whatever the fuck they call them. Those dudes are going to fuck up the world. A fight between Wakanda and them will fuck up the entire world on an Avengers level manner. So yeah, I think I maybe so. we'll we'll get some of that reinstating some stakes into these adventures. So they're not just threes companies episodes that cost 150 million fucking dollars, dude. From um, Superman the movie to the present day, we did them all. So do us a favor, after listening to an epic conversation like this, rate and review our podcast. Seriously, it helps us out a ton. People look up stuff to find to listen to by looking at ratings and reviews, and all the podcast apps put, a, put you higher the more you have. So just do us a favor, drop a five-star review, say something nice. You can even quibble with us. Just give us that five stars, all right? Um, if you want to, you want to support us monetarily, real easy, patreon.com slash the greatest pod, and you'll get more personal stuff. If you can believe it than these podcasts <laughs> on our Patreon. So thanks as always for listening to another episode of the greatest pod.